Hello everyone, I'm Pat, and welcome to the Largo Podcast, where we discuss various topics related to my life in Japan as an English teacher, world cultures, history, social topics, and of course, some tips for improving your English. Tokyo no Jinbochu ni aru Largo Language School no Pato Sensei no Podcasto desu. Yoroshiku onegaishimasu. Before we start today's episode, I just want to give a big thank you to everyone who listens, or in some cases, reads this podcast. The beginning of March marks the first anniversary since the Largo podcast was started. I really appreciate all your support. Thank you so much. Today's episode is going to be a little long. I apologize for that in advance. But since releasing the episode about my trip to Ireland last fall, I've had a lot of questions about why I went there and why I specifically went to such a small village as Dingle. If you haven't already, feel free to listen to that podcast first, episode 20. It will give you some context for what I will talk about in this episode. So, why did I go to Ireland? As most of my students know, I have become very interested in Ireland over the past couple of years. I was born in the US, but my families, both my father's and my mother's, are ethnically Irish. Well, sort of, kind of. We are a slight mix of things, like many families in the US. There are a few popular services in immigrant countries like the US or Canada. That tests DNA for ethnicities,、um, which means family backgrounds. Many people in these countries don't know where their families came from, or they might be so mixed that they truly have no idea what their family backgrounds are at all. But through this service, we can not only learn about our DNA, but also see where our families come from. And connect to the family that might still be living in other parts of the world. So, a few years ago, I decided to take a DNA test for myself and see what exactly my ethnicity is. Unsurprisingly, I got over 50% Irish.、Uh, in addition, I'm also about 30% Scottish, which basically means that I probably have at least 80% Celtic blood. The remainder is German at 8%, English at 6%, Swedish or Danish at 3%, a little French at 2%, and 1% Anatolia and the Caucasus, so modern day Turkey, Armenia, or Georgia, and 1% Aegean Islands, the islands off the coast of Greece. These last two are definitely a mystery, but as for the others, They make sense. I don't have a lot of concrete details on my family history. I've been trying for many years to get a better picture of what actually happened. Like, why did they leave their countries and how did I end up being born in the US? Luckily, I have some clues. Before taking the DNA test, I knew that my family is identified as Irish, for the most part, anyways. My father's side has an Irish last name and celebrates our heritage with things like my first name, Pat, and through Irish culture, 
food, music, and media. My mom's family has a name that is found in Scotland and England. However, they also have a Catholic background, which is something typical of a lot of Irish immigrant families, and not too common in the UK. I am not Christian, but when it comes to these kinds of ethnicity tests, knowing the religion of your ancestors can help identify where they are from. My father's family has a Catholic background as well, so it just made sense to me that we were ethnically Irish. Before we continue, though, I just need to give a disclaimer. Not all Irish families are Catholic, but a lot of families that suffered from the Irish potato famine, which I will discuss in a moment, were Catholic. Today, I'm going to focus on the Irish aspect of my DNA, since it is the largest portion. Since getting the results, I have tried making my family tree. The same service that tested my DNA also has records of birth certificates, death certificates, census data, and so on. With these, I have been able to go back to the 1850s. For my other ancestors who didn't come from Ireland, there are records that go back much further, but for some reason I can't find more about my Irish ancestors. Why is this? Well, there's a lot of history and background information necessary to completely understand, but to summarize very quickly, Ireland had been slowly colonized by the English and then the British until it was added to the United Kingdom completely in 1801. During colonization, a lot of settlers from Great Britain came over to Ireland, took land, and became the ruling class. In general, the local poor Irish were Catholic and the ruling Anglo-Irish, or the ruling class who traced their roots back to Great Britain, were Protestant. Not always, but in general. And this is where the issue of family records comes up. The British government did not get along well with the Catholic Church and therefore did not maintain a lot of records of Catholic families. And then the potato famine happened. In the chaos and confusion, families were uprooted and links to the past were forgotten. Why was the potato famine such a big deal? Why didn't they eat other food? Well, at the time, a lot of Irish people worked on land they rented from landowners, many of whom didn't even live in Ireland. These farmers were required to pay rent to their landlords, which many people made by selling the food they produced on their farms, mostly to the British. For themselves, they relied on potatoes because they are easy to grow and very cheap. But in 1845, a disease from North America came to Ireland that caused potatoes to rot. Regardless of this setback, the Irish farmers had to continue to grow food for the British Empire as they themselves starved. In many cases, when they couldn't pay their rent, they were evicted from their homes and became homeless. There were probably many people in Britain who felt sorry for the Irish people, but there were also many who had the idea that a free market economy would fix the issue and that government help wasn't needed. In addition to that, 
there was a heavy prejudice against Irish people. Some even claimed that Ireland deserved the potato famine and that it was a kind of punishment from God. Not everyone, but some people. Needless to say, the famine was made much worse when Britain didn't do anything to stop food exports from leaving Ireland, set up effective measures to help feed those in need, or even when they hesitated to accept donations from abroad because it would make them look bad. This last part is in specific reference to Queen Victoria. As a result of the potato famine and the actions, or lack of action, by the British government, one million people died. Another one million or so escaped to other countries like the US, Canada, Australia, New Zealand, but also non-English speaking countries like Argentina or Mexico. The total population initially decreased by 25%. Even after the famine, millions more Irish people continued to immigrate to other countries. As a result, the population of Ireland still hasn't fully recovered to the pre-famine population. This was a terrible, terrible event in history that is still remembered by the Irish people themselves, but also those of Irish background who have spread throughout the world, like me. I don't have definite proof that my family were influenced by the potato famine, but it is extremely likely that they were part of the initial one million who left Ireland to find a safer place to live, considering the timing and the fact that they came as a family and not as just one individual, as is the case for many immigrants. Let's go back to the initial question. Why did I go to such a small village as Dingle? Well, simply put, I researched my family name and found that it originates in that area. So far, this is the best clue that I have for my family origins. And sure enough, when I was there, I found people with my last name. I also visited a famine cottage, a kind of memorial museum used to educate people what it was like to live during that time. It was a very powerful experience for me. Of course, I felt sad, but also thankful that my family was able to escape. Still, I can't help but wonder what their lives could have been if the famine was properly addressed by the British government. Living in Japan is amazing, and I'm very happy to be here. But I am obviously not Japanese, and at the same time, I don't feel much connection to the United States. So, I think I have felt a little lost. However, learning more about my roots is giving me a greater sense of identity. Ireland still has a lot of issues left over from its colonial past, such as the decline of the Irish language, which I am studying, the population issue I already mentioned, and the status of Northern Ireland. If I can help spread awareness of these topics in Japan, I'm happy. There are a lot of Irish Americans who blindly claim to be Irish without knowing anything about Ireland itself. I'm trying hard not to be one of those people, and I encourage all those interested in Ireland to study more about it. But more importantly, let's ask Irish people directly. By the way, on March 17th, there is a famous Irish holiday called St. Patrick's Day. Have you heard of it before? In Ireland, it has some religious significance, but outside it has become a kind of Irish cultural holiday.
in Tokyo, there's a parade on Omote Sando that goes to Yuyogi Koen, where they have some Irish festival. It has already happened this year, but if you're interested, definitely check it out next year. I am excited for this year's St. Patrick's Day. I'm going to listen to Irish music, make Irish food, and share it with my family here in Japan. Okay, this will be it for today's episode about my family's background and the potato famine. Transcripts will be available for Largo students, and feel free to drop a question or a comment in the question box located in the description box for each episode. Thank you very much. See you next time.